Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 186 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This episode of the podcast is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. We're here to preview week 20 in the CFL this evening. I'm Ryan Coop, joined by a beardless Mr. Manitoba himself, Trey Colbeck. Trey, a little less beard, but same old Trey, right? Oh, yeah, man. I just found the bag of M&M's Mike's girlfriend bought me from two weeks back. This night can't get any better now, man. <laughs> I had M&M's earlier today. Remember when we had that debate a couple weeks ago whether blue M&M's exist? Do you have any blue ones in there? Oh, I got a few in here now, yeah. Oh, yeah, mine had none. So Really? Uh, yeah, maybe you're you're the lucky one when it comes to blue M&Ms. I, like I said, it's a Mandela effect, man. I can't remember blue M&Ms to save my life. <laughs> so weird, yeah, I, I can't either, but apparently they're a thing. Um, we're here preview week 20. We'll uh, go through our poll of the week or polls of the week because uh, it was a wild week in the CFL. Uh, we will try to, it might be difficult without Adam here tonight, but we will try to make sense of what the heck is going on in Saskatchewan. Uh, we'll preview each of the games for this week. We'll talk CFL fantasy options, make our picks against the spread as well. We might have to figure out a tiebreaker. Adam hasn't sent us his picks. He is away tonight, but he should be back next week. Uh, and well, of course we'll take your comments, questions in our live chat throughout the night here as well as we are, uh, streaming this live all made possible. Thanks to our presenting sponsor game time TV, which you can learn more about at gametimetv.ca or on facebook.com backslash game time TV MB. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Betstamp. There are so many different sports books out there these days, and each one's offers you different prices on the same games. To help you get the best value, Betstamp provides you all of the different odds for the same game, all in one convenient place in their app. Just pull the game up, look at the odds on different sites. You've got uh, you've got against the spread, you've got over-unders, you've got money line, all of that fun stuff to pick up between. Uh, and if you find odds you like, you can go to the bet link page in the Betstamp app and link up to the corresponding betting site. Make your picks and track your wagers all together to help get you all the analytics, all the progress see how well you're doing over the course of the season. You can check out the marketplace where uh, commit the commission-free marketplace where uh, you can see the bets that others are making based on verified and legitimate odds. And you can find our CFL picks there every week under the username CF Countdown Pod. You can also see Trey's individual picks under Trey CF Countdown. Visit betstamp.app or download the free app from your local app store. Sign up with referral code CFC to start using Betstamp free today. Best of luck with your wagers, and remember, always bet responsibly. Well, let's get straight into things here with, uh, first off, I guess, let's touch on the major news, and this will play right into our polls of the week here shortly. But the big news is Mason Fine is starting at quarterback this week for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It has been, well, let's, let's take a minute. Let's take a minute to go through the progression of the week. And I apologize I didn't have more uh, time to prep for this. I would have prepped royalty-free circus music, but we don't have it. But pretend it's here. We start off the week with Cody Fajardo coming off the bye week. He's not at practice. He's not on the field at practice. He gets the day off. We learned from the coach Dickinson after practice that 
he gets a vet day. Bit puzzling, vet day after a bye week when your team is still in a fight for a playoff spot. And correct me, correct me anywhere along the way if I have uh, the order of things wrong, because this has been wild. Um, next day, we end up with, uh, you know, them saying, oh, yeah, Cody Fajardo just took a vet day, but he's still going to start on the weekend. Then all of a sudden, he takes another day off practice, and it's considered another vet day for him. And then we find out Mason Fine's going to start at quarterback over Cody Fajardo in a very important football game. And you think it's done there. You have also Fajardo comes out afterwards and says that he, this might be basically the end of the chapter for him of his football career here in Saskatchewan. And then we find out today that he's still going to play in this game, but not start that both fine and Fajardo are going to, going to play in this one. I, I I've tried not to bag on Saskatchewan this season, like uh, for a lot of it. Like I try to find, you know, the bright spots here and there. I'm just confused. Help me out here, Trey. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't agree with this decision one bit by the riders to start Mason fine over Fajardo. What do you think on this? The only way I make sense of this is it's clearly the riders pushing Fajardo out without broadcasting it, or that's what they were trying to do, I think. And then Fajardo with the, oh, I'll, I'll be wanted somewhere, or I hope I'm wanted somewhere comment, you know, and then things spiraled from there even more. I don't know. Like, I'm not surprised, surprised they'd start fine. I'm surprised that Fajardo is still playing. I'm surprised he's even dressing. If, if this Rough Riders made that decision. Um, I don't think they have. A, I don't think they think they have a chance of making the playoffs. Or if they do, they're hoping fine Zach Claros it and plays what four games and four and zero oh and somehow sweeps their way through the playoffs. Right, Ryan? Like that's the you know what I mean. That's the only way else I can make sense of it. I don't know. I really wanted Adam just for this five minutes because I think he would have the best rant ever. Yeah, and I'm sure next week when Adam's back, we'll get we'll get his take on this here as well because. I don't agree with it. You're still in the fight for the playoff spot. What does that say to the rest of your team if this truly is the mentality of get giving up on the season, so to say, saying you're not going to make it? You do still have a chance. Like, yeah, you need a lot of things to go right for you. And I could see if they do this in week 21, of course, because, yeah, maybe you want to go with Mason Fine for next year. But to do this in week 20 when you still have playoff hopes there, especially when you're hosting the Grey Cup this season, this one, I just, I don't agree with the decision. And then to kind of go half into it, like, okay, why are you saying it's a vet day? If you had this plan all along, was that maybe to try to throw off the Calgary Stampeders a little bit? Are you actually going to, uh, you know, play Mason Fine the majority of the game? Here's a hot take. Is Mason Fine going to be the starter on the depth chart and play one series and then Cody Fajardo comes back in and this is just Dickinson's weird way of gamesmanship with Calgary. I don't think so, but I wouldn't put it past him also if that was the case. It's miss it's mystifying to me. And I mean who's who's the head coach on the other side? His brother. That's what I mean, right? I I don't know. I never thought of that. I was taking it at face value that they're just, you know, they're kicking Fajardo out of town and they're not even giving him a horse to ride on. That's kind of the opinion I took from it. 
See, I actually think of it the opposite direction. I think it's Cody Fajardo has made it very clear in his conversations with the team based on how this whole season has went, his frustrations with everything, with he's basically spent half the year on the ground, right? Like he's been sacked, what, 60-something times this season. Yeah, he's probably wants to go somewhere else if he's a free agent this offseason. Maybe to end, you know, maybe he doesn't see the direction, the turnaround here for the team. So maybe they've informed he's informed them of that and they said, okay, well, if you're not going to be back next year, we're going to go with the guy who, you know, we may want to have be our starting quarterback next year. And I think that's a totally valid way to do it if you're the riders, but not when you're not eliminated yet from the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. The only re- the only reason I don't agree with that is where's Fajardo really gonna go right now? Like Edmonton locked up a guy, Calgary's locked up a guy, Winnipeg locked up a guy. Uh, BC has you know half a season Hall of Famer and Vernon Adams for one more year. Where, where's he gonna go? Like, does he really want to go to the East? You know, is he going to the XFL? Does the Rock got something cooking for him? Like, you know, that's his options, I guess. Is he's going to take the job from Arbuckle or Harris or Bethel Thompson, right? Or Dane Evans, I guess. Or Mazzoli. I forgot Mazzoli in there too, right? But I guess he'd be the starter next year, right? I don't see him taking the starting job anywhere. Yeah, Hamilton seems like that could be like the Dane Evans situation hasn't been great there. That's probably where I would lean the most. You know, this might be a bold take, and we'll get into this here right away because we have some more quarterback breaking news from this week, also, right? Uh, like, well, we'll we'll put it up on the screen here, and we'll talk about them kind of in tandem. The Bombers signed quarterback Zach Caleros to a three-year contract extension this week, which. I was shocked and very pleasantly surprised when that news came out because a I didn't realize midseason they were negotiating and to lock you know probably back to back MOPs up for, for three straight years is is pretty good. My hot take and how this ties into Cody Fajardo is I think by year three Cody Fajardo is in a Bombers uniform. I, I think he is going to find his way here into Winnipeg. I think Caleros, a three-year deal for a guy that's, what, 34, 35 years old. I'm not sold on Caleros playing it out at the level he is to the end of the three years. I think it's possible. I mean, we had, like, Henry Burris, Anthony Calvillo, Ricky Ray. These are all guys that played, you know, pretty late into their, their 30s, maybe early 40s. But, yeah, I have kind of the hot take that maybe this is where Fajardo ends up finding his way coming to Winnipeg uh more of a backup role and sees okay yeah there's an aging quarterback in front of me that maybe i can you know with that offensive line in that system maybe you know have my bounce back in the future i don't i think it's bold i think it's a bold take yeah. like I, it's i'm not 100 percent sold on it but i could see some way that ends up happening and i don't know where that middle stage for fajardo is though where he goes in between there my only concern is he'll be 33 in three years so not that he mm. couldn't keep playing, but he's had, well, I mean, Clara's had some doozies of injuries too, but like you said earlier, Fajardo's been staring at that sweet blue uh, Saskatchewan sky all summer. I don't know how many, how many more downs he'll have too. And maybe this is the bomber fan in me coming out. I don't want a 33 year old Fajardo. I don't want him at 30. So why would I want him at 33? 
but that's fair. I did for, I did forget because he's only been a starter for a couple of years. Yeah. I did forget that he has been around the league a long time and he is up there too. And I would do everything to keep Drew Brown and be like, man, you could have this job in three years if you stick it out, which he probably wouldn't do. But yeah, that's my only concern. I don't. I wouldn't argue if they didn't re-sign Caleros. I would agree with you that I could see uh, him being it next year, even. But because they got Caleros locked up, seems to have taken a somewhat of a discount. You know, you could pay that guy probably anything under the five million salary cap, and so yeah. But that's what the news we're going into, right? Like, I think that contract works. I think it works well. I saw a couple people mm, him in about the three years, and but sometimes you got to do that, right? This guy's taken probably a pay cut or two. You know, he came back. He sometimes you just got to give him that third year for money. And even if he ends up being your six hundred thousand dollar backup, right? You know, hopefully you have a starter in there that you're not, you know, maybe a rookie guy or two, one or two year guy who's still on the seventy thousand minimum or something, right? So. That, that, I, I like the deal, Ryan. Yeah, and it's the third quarterback contract now that we've seen be a guarantee, right? First was Cornelius, then was Jake Mayer, now it's Zach Caleros. Like, all of these, correct me if I'm wrong, are three-year contracts. So, you know, as much as we talk about the CFL going all over the place with free agents in the offseason, that's three teams now potentially that are locked in with a quarterback for, for a number of years here to, to some extent. I don't know if it's a starter in all cases, like is Cornelius a starter for three years in Edmonton? I could see them going out and trying to find somebody else as well. Of course, these guys could get traded also along the way and uh, in the offseason uh, also. But yeah, I like this deal that they they managed to get it at the price for Caleros because they didn't really have to pay much more. You would think after the season, all the accolades, he's going to get out of it the past couple of years. Maybe they'd, they'd get more there out of him. And I think it just shows, and I think you, you mentioned this this week, uh, this kind of shows that uh, there's a strong chance Mike O'Shea sticks around in Winnipeg, right? Uh, you want to explain more of your own logic on that? Uh, my thought was... And, uh, yeah, it was that if I was Caleros, I'm obviously going to have a conversation with Osh before I sign anything, right? Would be my understanding. Cause I, I, at 35, would you want to learn a new offense? Like, you know what I mean? If maybe a new head coach comes in, learn, learn some new routines, maybe they change the OC. Do you really want to do that? If you're committing, you know, that's a conversation I'd have with my supervisor at work. Hey, I'll sign here for a long time if you're going to be here. Right. You know, but I'll get out if you're getting out. That, that seems like a reasonable conversation. And and to my other point, do you think Osh would really maybe want to keep coaching if he had the rookie quarterback or had to deal with something else? I know Osh isn't like that 100%, but those are questions you definitely have to have with each other. And real quick, you know, we heard also news of Willie Jefferson talks, you know. Are you telling me he didn't go in there and talk to Osh and, and Caleros too? Maybe be like, are we keeping the band together or not? You know, like those are conversations you definitely have uh, – in, a, in sports, right? Perhaps one of the greatest benefits of being a team that's locked up first place in the division a number of weeks early is that you can start getting a head start on next year while the season is still going on, right? Because they've had bye weeks. They had weeks like Caleros didn't play last week. You can't tell me they didn't finalize negotiations on this new contract during that time, right? So if you're, if you're a high caliber football team and can uh, you know, get some of these guys locked up before you even head off into the off season, because that's when people are going to start throwing money at them. That's huge. Like, I don't think they'll be able to keep everybody. 
it's hard to uh, when everybody wants a pay raise, but at the same time, uh, you know, these are two key pieces, at least Coleros, potentially Willie Jefferson, that are going to help the Bombers, uh, you know, immensely if they can keep them in the fold and they have. Uh, and yeah, so part of it, uh, you know, Kat in the chat says, depends if they like the boss. Yeah, that plays a large part into contract extensions as well. And that's part of the culture the Bombers have built. And I think by signing a guy like Coleros to an extension now in season, you get a head start on all of your other guys in the locker room in the off season as well, right? Where once the year ends, whether it's championship or not, everybody's going home. Everybody's going off to their separate homes. Everybody's talking to their families, making their decisions of where do I want to play next year? If you can go and tell all these other guys on the offense, yeah, Caleros is going to be throwing you the ball for the next three years before they go off and make these decisions. That's planting a seed in their minds, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, like so. To me, this gives them a a morality boost too. Like even if they fall just short, they know some of these guys are coming back next year, and we're gonna try to do it again, right? Like, I wouldn't like as a fan if you're looking at it in hindsight. If they made one, uh, two great cups over three years, that's still pretty freaking good in modern day sports, right? Like we haven't had many back to back sports except for a couple in hockey. I think the Yankees were the last ones to do in baseball. I just heard today, like we don't have that anymore. So the fact that they've already done it, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, you're right. It's, it's planning that seed in their head that no matter what happens, we're doing this again next year. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about different quarterback contracts, player contracts, you know, where we see the quarterback landscape going in the off season. We're going to have so many fun off season podcasts. Uh, as excited as I am for the playoff stretch, I kind of want to just get to the off season already to start talking about these things. Oh, for sure. I was going to ask you a question, but I can save it for later. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, who who do you think would be the Andrew, like Andrew Harris this year on the Bombers that they're going to have to let go to, you know? Because I had a couple in mind, but I couldn't really put my finger on any of them. Would Greg Ellingson count? Because I think they've shown think, this year that you could go without Greg Ellingson. I think he's gone no matter what. I'm more thinking like a staple guy like uh, Yoshi or Bryant or Biggie, you know, more of those kind of guys. Because I think Ellingson, unless he's got a two-year deal, I think he's gone. Yeah, I, w- I would think so too, right? Like they, he's he's he can get the money somewhere and there's definitely teams that need the upgrade and uh, if Winnipeg's looking to shed some salary to save some other spots they've got that depth at wide receiver so that's my leading candidate I can't pinpoint any of the other ones necessarily though it's it's hard because they've come back for the last couple of years when you thought maybe they would split apart I'm worried about Biggie I was and not maybe the team would part from him but I think I made a joke in our but he probably makes more money with his nine to five job, right? Then, you know, he's an investment guy. Another year at 100, like, he, like, he seems to love the game. Absolutely. And I just saw it today on this day, Michael Shea got his like a thousands tackle or something and his league leading 1600 and some. And the next closest guy is Biggie or something like that. So, or one of the close guys is Biggie. So I'm sure he has that in his mind. I'm worried about Biggie, but we could talk about this obviously on uh, November 21st, man. Yes, yes. Lots of time in the offseason to hem and haw over these decisions, as I'm sure the teams will as well. Let's start previewing our games for this week. Uh, week 20 as the Ottawa Red Blacks facing the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the first of a home-and-home series for them. This is the probably one of the most crucial games of the week for playoff seeding. 
Uh, Ottawa needs to win to stay alive. Uh, Hamilton, if they win and Saskatchewan loses this week, they clinch a playoff spot. So a huge game for both of these teams here. Uh, Ottawa in the road on the road in Hamilton. Uh, what do you have your eye on in this game? Oh man, I hate these East East games still. Um, you know, I really, oh, I would love to see Ottawa somehow do it, but it's just really slim chance. Like, you know, they tie their out pretty much. And if Saskatchewan, you know, has a couple chances. So I'm, I want to see Hamilton continue what they did early in the game against Calgary. Um, you know, the defensive dominance. I want Evans to actually be, a, you know, the quarterback that Hamilton took over Mazzoli and go to the West Hill or West Hill and, you know, do the things early that they did in that game and the things they did late in the game to get them the lead. I want that's the kind of playoffs uh, you need to have Ottawa. Have fun, have some orange slices at halftime. You, you know, I, I guess you can't really go golfing in the off, football off season, but I don't know, ice fishing, something. You can hit the golf dome. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where does orange slices rank on the halftime snacks? Uh, is it top tier? And 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 as a father uh, of kids, uh, are your do you have kids? Are your kids in sports right now? And do they still do halftime snacks? They don't do halftime snacks, oh. as far as I know of. Uh, I've, my kids have been in soccer and baseball I've, and seen no snacks. Um, you should bring they back. Steal my, they, they try to steal my spits in baseball, but then I tell but they don't know how to chew them right. So it ends up just being a waste. Uh, bring back the snacks. They should have that uh, in the CFL halftime as well. Can you imagine just you look over and all the players are on the sideline eating orange slices? That, or they're sharing the turkey that the guys are always cooking on the panel or something. Yeah. Yeah, everybody lines up at halftime at Dunnigan's Barbecue to uh, to get a get a hot dog. Um, yeah, Hamilton, Ottawa for me. Uh, I think Hamilton has the greater chance, obviously, of making the playoffs. I think they're the stronger team here, uh, and if they get it done here, you know, I I give, still give them a decent chance out in that East Division playoff race. One interesting thing to note on their side with their, their depth chart came out already because it's Thursday night. The game's on Friday. Don Jackson's starting at running back again this week. West Hills is off the off the lineup. I don't know if that's injury related or if that is just them making a switch. But that's kind of surprising to me because I thought West Hills hasn't done too bad. But could this be that, you know, either A, was Jackson a little banged up or were they resting him and giving him the fresh legs for these final two games before the playoffs and then into the playoffs? And could that play out? So that's the big thing I'm watching here with Hamilton is, is the run game better or worse this week with Don Jackson than it was with Wes Hills. And what do you think? I really don't know. Like you thought it would be, he had one good game, right? Hills. And then he got quiet again against Calgary but it wasn't necessarily his fault. They just didn't use him heck of a lot, right? So it makes you think there's something else or makes you think that it's just the roster decision to go with uh, Jackson, right? And uh, and then what, the uh, Thomas Erlington Canadian? Yeah. Yeah, right? So his backup, you know, it could be something they play with. They couldn't take him out maybe because that could be a crucial Canadian if there's an injury or something, right? So... Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably some roster tinkering, I would think. Or there's something in the news that we haven't heard about yet. We're uh, involving him. 
And on the other side of the matchup, the big question mark for me is just how many catches is Justin Hardy going to get this week because, or how many targets? Cause I think it was 13 the week before 12 last week for him. Uh, you know, this guy's come out of nowhere and kind of taken over the, the lead in this off offense because you don't have Jalen Acklin. You don't have Nate Bahar. Uh, you don't have, um, who else are we missing? Well, you don't have William Powell. Jeremiah Mazzoli hasn't been in there. You got, you're down to your backup quarterback. I guess that's the question for me on Ottawa is we're at this point now where, yeah, playoffs are looking bleak. Yes, they can still do it here, but it's not looking the greatest. How much of their kind of bad year this year do you chalk up to all these guys they've been missing due to injury? Or like what do you, what to you is the cause of this, this fall in their record or this uh, dismal record for them this season? Is it injuries? Is it the depth isn't there? Is it that they have the right pieces, just not the chemistry? And maybe the Lapolis, you know, Lapolis played into that a, a little bit. How, how is Ottawa at four and 12? What, what's the major factor for you? It's like, it's the stupid East again, man. It's they're four, uh, four and 12, but they still have a chance at the playoffs, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I hate, I hate chalking it up to injuries, but I'll give a little to that. And I give a little to um, Lapo, great commentator, great OC, not a great head coach. But I also just chalk it up to the East where they're, what, two games down a third still, and the East has been less than impressive all year, right? So I, I, I predominantly chalk it up to the East. I want, Like I said, I want a year where the East has three teams, and we still might not get that if uh, – you know, fine goes unreal over the next couple of weeks, right? And Fajardo comes in on second and shorts and does something. But still, I think Ottawa just needs I don't know. I don't even know what to do with the East. Like you you say change, well then they bring in players. It's it's not like they don't bring in players, right? Like there is a lot of mess turnaround and I don't know. Like what do you do in Ottawa? Do you think you think their new coach is gonna be the guy? It seems like they like rallying around him. Like I know they they fell short last week to Montreal, of course, at home, but it was pretty close. And the, you know they had some good spots in the game. They started the game off really strong. I, I feel like Bob Dice is he hasn't done too bad so far. And I think if he you know can have a strong finish, even if they don't make the playoffs in these last two games, I think he's the guy for Ottawa going into next year. He should be at least. I don't know who else would be available. I guess we'll see where. You know, the hammer comes down elsewhere around the league, but uh, he's had a solid two games so far, and uh, we'll see if they can do it here again against the Tie Cats. Uh, as we move on to our second game on Friday night, we've got the BC Lions at the Edmonton Elks. Uh, the biggest storyline for this game has to be this is the last chance, Edmonton. This is the final chance you have to win your first home game in two seasons of football. Uh, they haven't done it this year. They didn't do it last year. And they also face the BC Lions who have torched them for like 50 points in each of their last three times they've played. Granted that was with Nathan Rourke at the helm, but what does Edmonton need to do in this game to finally break the streak? Oh, they have to really hope BC doesn't start many of their starters or something, right? But, like, have they fit officially got second? I don't think so. I'll pull it up here to double check. But I don't think so. They look, they got one win right over Calgary with two weeks left. So, 
Yes, Calgary no, they might. haven't yet. BC win yeah. or a Calgary loss clinches it for them. So they should be starting all their starters this year. Yeah, week. so I don't really give Edmonton much of a chance unless there's just some weird CFL magic in the air. Like, or like, you know, I, Cornelius got his contract. I really doubt they're firing um, Chris Jones. There's some other guys that are playing for some stuff, but like, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's fantasy time where you get the fantasy points near the end of the season, maybe. But other than that, I really don't have much high hopes for Edmonton. If BZ starts their starters and then they lose, then okay, I'll be like, when's Nathan Rourke coming in? But other than that, that's kind of all I'm looking at in this game. BC, if they're starting their starters, just play as if, you know, you're getting ready for the playoffs. If not, start your backups, kind of like Winnipeg's doing and just, Focus on Calgary, right? We've got a couple comments in the chat. Richard uh, talking about the Ottawa Red Blacks says, I like them rolling the dice. I appreciate the pun there. Thank you. Uh, and also asks, what is Edmonton going to do with their QB? Yeah, Taylor Cornelius uh, injured his spleen last game, ended up uh, finishing the game, then went to hospital afterwards, was released from hospital, but he's not going to play this week. So Trey Ford gets to start at quarterback, uh, which is something I don't think. No, we saw him start one or two games earlier in the yeah. season, I believe it was, and then he left due to injury. So what do we expect from Trey Ford in this game? I I honestly don't know what to expect because there's there were high hopes for him at the draft. He's got insane athletic ability. He's a quarterback that can run with the ball, which I think always helps you, especially in the CFL game here. So. I, I'm somewhat high on him, but I don't think I've seen enough to be fully confident in him that he's going to be able to deliver them the win here. But can you imagine if he comes back from injury, Canadian QB gives them their first win at home? Like, yeah, that would be an exciting time. And I'm sure 90% of Elks fans would uh, call for him to be their starter going into next season if that happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I forgot all about his spleen injury. That's crazy, eh? Um, that's up there in the NFL. Someone on, I can't remember which team it was, but some guy, he wasn't cleared to fly because he had a broken rib, so he drove 15 hours yeah, from that. Buffalo. I think Buffalo to Kansas City, and then he played in a football game. I was like, that's insane. You're not cleared to fly, but you can play in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I didn't even, like, what he he did what to his spleen? I just know it was an injury to his spleen. I don't know the the exact details, but I, I don't even know what your spleen does, man. I'm not a biologist. Like that's like an organ, like that. When you said your spleen, it's like did he get kidney punched out on the field or something? Like, man, that's that must have been some impact. But he's a big boy and he does rumble, right? So I'm not honestly surprised. Maybe someone put a helmet down there, and it's hard to tell when the tall guy, where you know one body part starts and the other ends, right? So I could see it, but. Yeah, into this game, Trey Ford, if he's getting the shot here, then I kind of, it kind of contradicts what I said earlier. He might not have a guaranteed spot. They just paid Cornelius, you know, not starter, starter money, but not, not like, you know, backup money yeah. either, kind of in the middle. So it's like, you, you, does Trey Ford have a spot on this team either? He's a guy I could see more jumping to the East. I don't know what his contracts are like. You have no idea what contracts are like in the CFL, right? I always assume everyone's on a one-year deal. <laughs> I would assume a draft pick, no. I, that's my best guess would be he's under contract. Did they, okay, I didn't year. I didn't know if they did that or not in for entry-level drafts. Or not. I have no idea. But um, I don't 100% know either. That's my no, best it guess. Would, 
it would make sense. Again, I just always assume it's one year deal unless otherwise specified, right? So he might be playing for something. And even if he is on a two or three year deal, you never know with Chris Jones, Canadian quarterback, it might get you a pretty penny in a first round draft pick somewhere too, right? So you never know what he might want to do. So this is his uh Trey Ford's opportunity to go out there and actually ball. Um this was a weird one. I think both Friday games have absolutely crazy lines, like six or seven, right? So it's really going to be hard. I don't know if BC is going to beat them by seven or whatever it is, but I think BC will win still unless they play all their backups. Yeah, well, so the BC side of things, I mean, their depth charts come out. They still don't have Brian Burnham. They still don't have Lucky Whitehead. Nathan Rourke is sitting out this week, but seems like he's going to be on track to start in the final week of the season, which uh, we debated long and hard about the other day. We won't get too much further into that. Uh, We'll talk about it next week when we might not have as many other stories to talk about with uh, potentially all the playoff spots locked up. Uh, But uh, yeah, Vernon Adams, once again, this is your last chance potentially to show that you should be a guy who uh, is a mainstay on this team going forward. And, you know, that was something that we, that I think came out in an article this week as well. I want to see it was from John Hodge, but I could be misquoting the plays that uh, Vernon Adams is under contract for next season. And that uh, had a restructured deal with the Montreal Alouettes before he got traded to the BC Lions. And it's a pretty cheap deal for Vernon Adams next year as well. So you're potentially talking about Nathan Rourke as the starter, Vernon Adams as the backup. That's one heck of a one-two punch to have at quarterback. I'd put that probably straight to the top in the league personally there. So, uh, yeah, he's under contract for next year. Maybe he's trying to play his way down here in the stretch to like, hey, maybe don't just hand it to Nathan Rourke going into the offseason. Maybe, you know, give me a shot for that starter money here uh, for for Vernon Adams Jr. And uh, once again, you know, looking for him to step up and have a good game here. Like the matchup is great against Edmonton. But he's doing the exact same thing. Is uh, you know only had 138 yards passing last week, one touchdown, no interceptions. So uh, bring out that big play mentality that we know he's capable of is my big thing here for uh, for Vernon Adams. And all of the opportunities are the BC Lions right now to lock up second place in the West Division. Like you've got what you beat Edmonton here. It doesn't matter what you do against Winnipeg in, in the final week of the season. It's a good matchup. You have to think they're going to push hard for this one, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They want to get a home field game. And <clears throat> I think, actually, I'm really excited. Like, I know it would be the same two teams playing, but I think it being in BC is going to give you a heck of a game. And, you know, I was just in Calgary. It was getting a little chilly, right? So, But I'm sure they'll have the BC place heater turned on uh, nice and good. Even I don't even know how cold it gets in Vancouver in November. Probably not as bad as here. Uh but real, if there's one person in this world that wants Nathan Rourke to go to the NFL, it's probably Vernon Adams Jr., right? Because that yeah. team's it, right? So maybe the rest of Canada might be, no, 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 stay here. But uh, but Adams would have Rourke's bags packed for him probably, right? <laughs> so um, did I, I didn't know I didn't lose a bet. I just, my it gets itchy, man. Like it's just Richard in the group chat there. Uh, I did not lose a bet. I, it's just a rotation. That was probably the longest I've ever had it, honestly. That We're was talking about the beard, long. of course. Yeah, sorry, the beard. That was something. It was long. Like... 
Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't have quite as long of a beard, but I did shave this week as well because it was uh, just getting too hard to maintain. So, uh, but I applaud you for growing it for so long there. Uh, anything else on BC and Edmonton? Sorry, no. I always get I look at the chats too much. I, I like talking to Richard. Um, no, I'm pretty good. Hey, no, that that's perfect. The chat is here to chat with folks. Whatever folks want to chat about, we are here to do so. Uh, so let's move on to the next game, though, and talk about the Toronto Argonauts and the Montreal Alouettes. Toronto into Montreal. I believe this one has some playoff implications here as well. If the Argos win this one, they clinch first place. Uh, Montreal, I think, needs to win both their last games and have Toronto lose their last two. Uh, to they play get... each other the two times. They, so. they play each other both? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So then, yeah. So then, Montreal's got to win both, right, to get the home, yeah. the to get the the East final. So it's it's tough. That's real tough for Montreal to to have to sweep a home and home series just to get the the East final, and then potentially play Toronto again in a couple of weeks in that game. That's the weird thing about these short playoffs, man. Is just that it's you play the and with such a small league you play the same team so many times consecutively down the stretch where like you have winnipeg and bc might play each other three times in four or five weeks you might have montreal and toronto do the same thing and you know how much of these late season games just become gamesmanship where you do just enough to get the win and then you know don't give away your playbook come for come playoff time potentially I think this game, both teams are going hard, of course, because they still have the playoff implications. But let's say Toronto wins here. Then you have the rematch the week after. If you're either team, you're not giving anything away. Right? Unless unless that's exactly what you do, thinking that the other team will think you're not giving anything away. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do these plays next week and just <laughs> whatever. Um, no, I don't know. I don't think about that stuff too much. You know, it's just, you, I, yeah, you got to play, have a different playbook, but it all depends on what happens this week, right? And I don't even know which way I want to lean. There's a little part of me that wants Uncle Gary to get the first place, you know, but then also Toronto is a sports that doesn't have great luck in the playoffs. So I'm also, you know, uh, <laughs> and I'm allowed to say that because I'm a Jays fan and I hate the Leafs. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> The, look, what the best Toronto team in the playoffs recently has been the Raptors. So you know, um, it's true. Yeah, I kind of hope for Toronto. So it's really weird. Um, ah, I don't even know. Like, it's it's so weird. You're what you're you're right. Like I'm tired of this schedule. We need the tenth team. We need a lot of things um, to get rid of this weird schedule and playing three teams or or two teams four times in a year plus a playoff game. Like it's just. It's starting to feel like a baseball series where you face the team in your division thir- or like 14 times in a year. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, we had that Hamilton-Toronto four games in five weeks earlier in the season as well, right? Uh, for me, the matchup in this game, I- I'm excited for it because I think these are two teams that we still very much underrate this season. Like, Toronto's at 10-6, and six, Montreal's at 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, you know, 500 record, but they've shown some good signs. Like Montreal's beaten Winnipeg. They've beaten, uh, they had another big win. They came close against Calgary. I know they beat Saskatchewan uh, a couple of, or at least once in there as well. I think they beat BC also, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, So the Alouettes have won some big games here. So 
you know, they're, I think despite their record, they're an underrated team that can pull it off. It's just about the consistency. It's about eliminating those penalties. It's about, you know, guys stepping up to the plate. And for me, the big question mark is still always, when's William Stanback going to get going? He had a touchdown last week, but only nine carries for 34 yards. I thought that was the piece that was going to put Montreal over the top as a front runner in the East division. And I don't know if it's they're saving them for the playoff games. They're just easing them back into it. Uh, but it seems kind of like Walter Fletcher is getting a little bit of the uh, the usage here uh, for Montreal. And it's kind of a split backfield here for them. So yeah, I don't know what to make of that with the Alouettes. It's uh, one of those things where uh, they have all the pieces there. It's just can they use it properly? And that's the age-old question for uh the basically every team around the league right toronto's the same thing on the other side of this matchup they have every piece they need uh, as we welcome trey back in uh you meant to hit mute and uh, you hit the exit button right i hit something i don't know i was trying to type in your timestamps for you here and i had a second and i hit something i don't know what <laughs> but yeah. no problem i was just talking about how montreal's got all the pieces basically it's just can they put them together effectively and same with toronto because they've caught a stacked group of wide receivers you know even they've had some guys out due to injury they still have some great options for them there uh they i think have a good running back in aj olette who they haven't used as much as they should and they've got a real stacked defense so Storyline, I think, in this game is just that you have two teams that are underrated, have the right pieces, need to figure out how to put them together uh, pretty soon because playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, would you agree? Oh, 100%. Um, oh, I, I, I know I it, Toronto's a weird 10 and 6, right? They're kind of like the Bombers being a weird 13 and 3 or 14, whatever they are now, right? They're It's not neither of them are really have it by a stranglehold, right? Like I wouldn't be shocked if either one of them lose in that uh, finals week there. So I just, Toronto needs to keep their game plan going, run the ball, kick field goals, which they did last week, you know, with Boris Beattie kicking them and Olette running them, you know, so he's got to keep doing that. And on the Montreal side, I want to see something from Harris, you know, he's the guy that took the job from Vernon Adams and, you know, Jokingly, I'm saying Vernon Adams could be the starter of BC next year if Nathan Rourke goes somewhere else, right? So Harris needs to show something too and get Uncle Gary a, a home playoff win, right? For sure. Well, let's talk about the game that probably has the most eyes on it, of course, outside of maybe that uh, Hamilton-Ottawa game is the Calgary-Saskatchewan game in Saskatchewan. Mason Fine starting at quarterback. Cody Fajardo will play. Uh, supposedly as well. Uh, if you missed our discussion earlier on in the show, go back and check that out near the start. I don't know about Mason Fine. I am. I'm, I don't think this is the right decision for them. We went into that earlier on in the game or earlier on in the podcast, and I'm not sold that he's going to come out here and deliver a strong performance or that, A, he's the guy Saskatchewan has in mind to be their starter for next season, or that he's going to be a strong enough player to be their starter for next season. What are you looking for from Mason Fine this week? Do you, th- do you expect more from him than I do? I might not, but the province of Saskatchewan probably does or something, right? Like, oh, oh I don't know. I 
that old the old saying like the f- most favorite player on the team is a backup quarterback does that instantly make the favorite player on the team Cody Fajardo now like I don't know man like <laughs> any, anything could go I don't know and that this has just been such an awkward week and often in sports the when there's an awkward week and the, the team doesn't overcome the adversity right like they we like to think they do we watch like bad news bears we think that the you know the underdog always wins but I don't see it this week and I think uh fine should just go in there and again like play for his spot next year and like again okay Fajardo's out well then there's a spot for another quarterback maybe to go or do they go with fine fine needs to prove to them that I'm the guy that should be here next year and be the new poster boy right so that's what he's got to do I really don't think they're going to make the playoffs but yeah, no, they would need they would need to win at least one against Calgary, I think, and they would need to have some help from Ottawa beating Hamilton here as well. So uh, it's tough. It's tough for the Riders right now where they're at with that crossover. You can't tie. You got to beat them for it, and I think it's gonna be tough for them to make it. And that kind of you know we had did our poll of the week on Twitter this week. And it was, uh, we'll go to this one first. Uh, Which team will claim the third and final playoff spot in the East Division? You go back, what, five weeks ago, probably? And this is overwhelmingly in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders' favor still because they were quite a ways ahead. And they've let it slip away from them. And now it's, uh, yeah, 36 votes we had on this. 5.6% of people saying Saskatchewan and 83% vote in favor of the Ticats and 11 in favor of Ottawa. So the deck's stacked against Saskatchewan right now. And maybe this move by Mason Fine is just a way to try to spark them a little bit. And boy, if it works, I mean, we're never going to hear about it. We're never going to hear the end of it from Craig Dickinson, right? (laughs) Like, Poor Adam. (laughs) <laughs> Adam will just say he knew this the process the whole time, right? But um kind of like Mike and the Jets. Uh but uh, uh um yeah, I don't know. Like I really hope ah the riders like you know, they are our arch foes, but they're also our neighbors, so I do want what's like best for them just so they don't have to be so annoying all the time, right? Like I want that what's his name, ballsy guy to shut up. Like, I don't want him to have something to complain about, right? You know, just have a team. Ah, it's just so weird. Like, again, like the West has been pretty on top where the top three teams have, but now we're seeing the top bottom two teams in the West kind of start looking like the East teams a little bit. And I hope Saskatchewan can turn this around. I don't know if finds the guy. And I think you're right before where you didn't have high hopes on him, but looking at the poll, you really have high hopes in Dane Evans doing anything? Like you, I, have you know, more, I, I have more hope than I do in, in okay. Mason Fine stacked against the odds of making the playoffs no. versus Dane no. Evans needing one win to do so. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but he's also playing a guy, Nick Arbuckle, that needs two wins to keep the to keep the dream alive, right? So it's gonna it's it's a very interesting week. Crazier things have happened, right? I'm just excited. We're in week 20, we're one week away here. Uh, you know, next week's the last week of the regular season. I'm excited that we've got a couple of games with so much on the line here in, in week 20, and I hope we still get some games on the line in week 21 as well uh, to end off the season. You, you know how crazy it would be if we had one division? Because right now, Winnipeg would be number one. 
BC would be two, but only a game ahead of Calgary and Toronto. And then five, like then it would be kind of the same thing. So there would be more battles for the home field games right now. So it'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. I think that's a very good argument. Uh, I, w- I love the insanity. I love playoff math when it comes down to like, if this team wins these two games and these other five teams do exactly this, that's how we make the playoffs. That's that's the kind of playoff math I love to see. Uh, we did have a bonus poll this week also uh, on uh, agree or disagree with the decision to start Mason Fine. Uh, 23 votes on this one, 60.9% in favor, uh, disagreeing with the decision to bench Cody Fajardo. Uh, 39.1% of people are in Mason Fine's corner, though, so we'll see if that works out for them. Uh, let's talk about the other side of the matchup, though. Calgary here this uh, in this game as well. Calgary coming off of that uh, heartbreaking loss to the Ticats. They had it within their grasp. All they needed was that stop, and they couldn't get it right at the end of the game. So now they've got a tough situation here against Hamilton. Uh, to try to get that second place in the West against BC. What are you looking for from Calgary's side in this game? Uh, yeah, because being at that game, I was really surprised that first off, surprised Hamilton blew it, and then surprised Calgary blew it again. Yeah, they got to just hold on to it. They're going to be going into, most likely going into BC. I guess they could be hosting the game, but either way, they're playing BC in whatever, two weeks with the shot of playing in Winnipeg, they got to do something more positive. You know, Mayer threw three picks in the first half. Like, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that against a team like BC or Winnipeg. Can't even be doing that against a team like Saskatchewan. Uh, is this game, this game's in Saskatchewan this week too, right? So you're going to have a lot of PO'd fans in the stand. You don't want to be giving them anything to, to grab onto of any hope because they're going to maybe get in your face a little bit more. And, uh, you know, just keep keep the ball going and get ready for BC and potentially Nathan Rourke. Yeah. Uh, looking at Jake Mayer's stats, I think he took over the starting role week 12 against Winnipeg. I think it was against the Bombers was his first start of the season. And uh, in his first five games, he threw one interception in, in total. In his last two games, he's thrown five. So we've seen... You know, Mayer, after that strong start, kind of slow down a little bit and, you know, turn over the ball a couple more times. He did face some tough defenses in Toronto and Hamilton. Uh, but you've got a Saskatchewan defense that can make some big plays here as well. So uh, I think for, for Calgary, that's kind of what I'm watching is what Jake Mayer is going to do in this game. And it, can he get that back under control going into the playoffs? Because not turning over the ball. Like as you can throw your 300 yard games. Sure. That's going to help your team. But if you turn the ball over three times, two to three times a night, it's not really going to help you that much if you throw for that many yards. So uh, as much as we knock the game manager role, I want to see a little more game management uh, to get back on the track. Cause I feel, still think he's a great quarterback. He's cooled off a little bit from that start where last season, three straight starts with 300 yards. And then this year he almost did it again and three touchdowns in his first start. Uh, but then he's kind of cooled off, hasn't had his big game since then. So I want to see Jake Mayer get unleashed here a little bit and uh, see which receivers for Calgary step up in that role too because, uh, you know, I think there's room for that. If Malik Henry's out again this week potentially, if, uh, you know, Kamar Jordan's still out on the injured list, 
Calgary's that team that always finds these diamonds in the rough at wide receiver. And last week, Jalen Philpot had a great game, and I, I I sure hope we get to see more of that again this week. Yeah, because he's on my fantasy team, right? So, but interesting thing, when I was at the game, I have never seen a fan base turn around so quick where people are yelling, sit the heck down, Bo, every time he got off the bench in the first half just to get water. And then by the third quarter, every time he got up, people were cheering that they thought he was warming up. Like, you can't can't make this stuff up. Like, just how much of a flip it was on the guy, I I I like I don't I'm not really sold on on Meyer I I'm not but because like, you remember how shocked I was with him and Corin's contract like I don't think they like Ocaleros at six hundred thousand reportedly it is that's a steal of a deal he could have got more for sure from either Winnipeg or someone else but he's doing the Tom Brady I'm building a team around me right and then I'll divorce my wife later and get half her money no I'm just kidding. that's Tom Brady not Caleros <laughs> anyway uh, um, just a joke. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sold on this guy either. And he needs to go in there and prove like, hey, I'm the starter here. I'm the captain now. And then you got because you're going to have a guy across you in either Vernon Adams in the playoffs or Nathan Rourke. And Vernon Adams, a guy who's going to be like, no, this is my team. Or you're going to have Nathan Rourke, who's, you know, Hall of Famer already, followed by a potential back-to-back, if not back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back MOP Zach Caleros, right? So he's got to solidify himself in this West right now somehow because at least Winnipeg, BC, I don't know. They for sure got starting quarterbacks, right? Like with Nathan Rourke and Caleros. Like, so he's really got to find his groove here. Yeah, it should be some interesting games here this week. A lot of fun here down the stretch and uh, warming up for playoffs and trying to lock down those playoff spots. I think uh, I think we're good on the game previews here, so let's get into CFL Fantasy Talk. Uh, in our uh, CFL Podcast Fantasy League, it's the championship game this week between uh, two members of the Turf District, Andrew and Superfan Mike are going head-to-head for the uh, championship belt and the uh, the charity donation in their name. So best of luck to both of those guys. We'll see who wins this week. And uh, yeah, well, for us, we're, we're done, but we're still playing for fun. And we're still playing for a good ranking, potentially, in the overall leaderboard across uh, everybody who plays uh, official CFL fantasy. So we'll see what we can do this week as we dive into the positional uh picks and i will pull those up for us right here let's start with quarterback this week and it's a week much like last week where i don't like any of them uh it is a rough week at quarterback because well you're definitely not spending ten thousand dollars on cody fajardo uh i'm not spending seven thousand on mason fine if potentially he's not going to play the whole game um Jake Mayer has the matchup with Saskatchewan, maybe, but he hasn't exactly popped off. You know, 10.9 points in his last three games. The guys I'm honestly looking at, like Vernon Adams wasn't great last week either, 11.3 for him, but he's still averaging 18.2 in his last three games. He's pretty, you know, he's just under $8,000. You only need 19.6 out of him. Uh I, I think there's still a potential there. The matchup with Edmonton's good. We've seen BC light up the Elks uh, the last couple of times they've played there. So Vernon Adams is probably my front runner this week. 
with maybe the potential of Trey Ford because he's going to get a lot of running plays. I expect Trey Ford to potentially even run more than he passes. Uh, probably not, but, you know, at least I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 10 carries uh, in, on option plays. So that's kind of what I'm looking at is those two guys at quarterback this week as the ones I like the most, uh, the cheaper play of Vernon Adams or or the, the money play of Trey Ford. Uh, what do you think at quarterback? Well, I can tell you one thing. There'll be one quarterback running more. That's going to be Mason Fine for his life. But other than that, um, you know, I was thinking Vernon Adams. You know, he didn't do so great last week, like you pointed out. But it was against, like TSN mentioned a thousand times, Winnipeg starting defense, right? So does he get a little bit of re- relief here now playing Edmonton? Probably. Um, I like what you're thinking about Trey Ford. My worry is, I don't know. I always have a worry with the running quarterbacks because he got hurt once and he doesn't look Mm. huge. So like, yeah, he's going to run, but how many times is he going to get smacked around? Uh, Mason fine. Like I said, maybe, but he's going to be running backwards, not forwards. And (laughs) I want to know, like, so they think the backup quarterback on the rough riders right now is going to, is worth ten thousand dollars. That's interesting. Well, the price they, was probably the price was probably posted before they mentioned fair. Fajardo was going to be the backup. That's fair. It's just again one of those things where like you could put in the injured Nathan Rourke for twelve thousand. Like it allows you to do that. So I'm like, yeah. Eh. And the uh, injuries are kind of misrepresented on there at times. Check the injury yeah. reports in the depth charts yourself, folks. Yeah. Um. Other than that, maybe you can always look at a guy in the East because they are playing for playoff position here. You might go with Dane Evans. He could be playing for his life. Um. Same with uh, Harris and Bethel Thompson up at the top. They are playing for something, right? So they could, they'll throw two picks, but they might get two touchdowns to balance it out. Well, let's see what if there is better options available at the running back position where. Uh, James Butler is your most expensive at 93.99, and I think he's one of the best plays of the week because, again, the Elks don't have a great run defense. BC has seemed to, the past couple of games, really lean on James Butler. Uh, he's been averaging 18.6 in his last three games, and they've all kind of hovered around there. It's a couple points shy of your full value that he's been averaging, but with the matchup being so good, I I think it it elevates him to that level to hit it. So if you can save money elsewhere, I do like James Butler as a potential play. One guy we have on the list here that we didn't talk about earlier when we were talking riders and uh, stamps is Jamal Morrow is questionable to play this week after he's been out on the injured list for quite some time. We'll see when the depth chart comes out on Friday if he gets in the lineup. Uh, he was one of the top running backs in the league. Uh, and with with Mason Fine in at quarterback, you know, the inexperienced quarterback, not a stable offensive line. Jamal Morrow plays. I expect him to get a lot of usage in that offense. So uh, nervous coming back from injury at almost $8,600. But if you want to go big or go home, that's a potential play I think you have there. If he doesn't start, I don't know who starts at running back because Keenan LaFrance is still out. Frankie Hickson is still out. Uh, maybe it's Shaq Cooper again, but he didn't do too much a week ago. So uh, if Morrow's ready to go, I would potentially take a chance on it. Otherwise, uh, don't go with the Saskatchewan uh, running back is my recommendation. 
Uh, Kevin Brown, AJ Olette, yeah, those are two tempting uh, players that seem to, you know, get either involved in the passing game or get, uh, in Brown's case, a lot of volume for them there. But I also just really love $2,500 Jackson Bennett, who's averaged 8.8 points in his last three games, and all you need is 6.3 to get full value out of him. So that's that's what I'm doing probably with my running backs this week because I'm spending up for a guy like James Butler and then spending down for a guy like Jackson Bennett. I think you potentially get more value out of doing that than, say, going for two middle-priced guys because, say, Butler only hits his average, but Bennett has such a low threshold to hit that he beats it by a couple of points. Well, then you, you hit full value on your two running back plays no matter what. So those are the two guys I've got my eye on the most here. Uh, do you think the same, or is there anyone else in the middle of the pack you're looking at? No, nah, I'm just going to do exactly what you said not to do. Take two middle guys. I got Olet. I'm, I'm, you know, he started to run last week uh, untouched uh, right up the middle there. And I was going to go with Hamilton's Don Jackson, see what uh, he could do. Um, I'm hoping he does something. The fact that he kicked someone out of the starting spot there, right? So you would think that means they're going to him, but you never know. But honestly, I don't, you know. I'm just doing the messed up lines. You, you're going to love who I have in defense. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get there. We're, we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah, Don Jackson, I mean, it scares me because Hamilton running backs most often don't get the usage. And at that price, it's a little steep. But, you know, $4,000 West Hills when he was a starter, I like that a little bit more. But I also still think that's the recipe for success for Hamilton down the stretch here is to use you're starting running back in a good matchup against Ottawa here. Uh, so Don Jackson, I think, yeah, it's a risky play, but it's a play that could pay off for you here. Uh, I don't like either Montreal running back. William Stanback, he's cheaper, 6180. He should get more usage as we get closer to the playoffs. But Walter Fletcher has also been taking some of it. I don't like those time splits between running backs. Uh, it's the maybe a little more in the NFL, but in the CFL, I'm taking – I'm taking the guy who's getting the number one workload because uh, you only run so much as is, and there's only so many carries to go around. At wide receiver this week, we've got Tim White and Eugene Lewis are the two that are over $10,000. Of course, there's options at a variety of different prices. Uh, what are you looking at at wide receiver this week, Trey? I got Justin Hardy, Keon Hatcher, and Jalen Philpott. Uh you know, Phil Potts been picking it up, and I believe he's been used a little bit on the return game. Um, so, you know, get some points there. Keon Hatcher's basically been my guy. Hardy, I feel like you mentioned him earlier. So I was like, that name just stuck out to me. Uh, maybe because he's getting the starting position, right, or something? Or did I mishear well, that? Well, here's the thing about Justin Hardy, and uh, he is a prime play. Because if I sort these charts by average in their last three games... Of all wide receivers in the league, he has the highest three-game average at 17.4 points, which at $4,800, like, this is the this is the late-season Dalton Schoen, a guy who started at $2,500 is making his way up the price ranks and is delivering at the price point. So I think he hit the nail on the head with Justin Hardy. See, I listen. I listen once in a while. There we go. Uh, other wide receivers I'm looking at this week. I mean, Tim White, How if you can afford to put him in your lineup, how do you not? A great, uh, you know, battle with Ottawa here, a team that, you know, struggles defensively at times. We saw what he did in that late comeback against Calgary. Hamilton needs to win to secure their playoff spot. And if it's a close game late and they need the touchdown to win, 
you know the ball is going to go to Tim White. I would be shocked if it doesn't. They're going to put the ball in his hands as much as they can. And, uh, yeah, it's expensive, but I think he's potential uh, a potential big play there if you have the extra space to spend, of course. Uh, Calgary, Reggie Bagleton could eat a lot of, uh, you know, targets this week, potentially, if, uh, if Malik Henry is still out and they're facing Saskatchewan and Mason Fine can't get that offense rolling. Kyron Moore is still, I think, my favorite receiver on the Riders if you want to go that direction and bank on a, a play for them because he gets those. Kyron Moore's stat line is my favorite because it's 10 catches for like 29 yards or something like that because he gets every catch at the line of scrimmage. And that's 12.9 points if you get that. So uh, I think he's the, the highest volume receiver there. Schaefer Baker's similar price. He's the, the big play guy. Um, but I, I like leaning on Kyron Moore. I like volume there because you could add a touchdown to that. You're golden. Dylan Mitchell was the hottest receiver in the league until last week where he put up only 5.9 points. I like taking a chance. On a, on a comeback week here for Dylan Mitchell. The only thing I'm scared about is Trey Ford. Is he going to love Dylan Mitchell as much as Taylor Cornelius did as his quarterback? Is he going to throw the ball as much as Taylor Cornelius did? I think this is a talented receiver who can make the big plays and get the volume, but uh, the quarterback situation has me potentially not going to Dylan Mitchell for the first time in four or five weeks, something like that. Um, does make me a little bit nervous there, but Justin Hardy at 48 25. You talked about him already, I think that's a fantastic play there. Uh, scrolling down the charts here, either Philpot twin, they're starting to make their way up the ranks in the, the prices here 36.90 for Tyson, 33.97 for Jalen. If they get involved a little in the return game, if they're starting in the offense. Yeah, potentially like those plays for them as well. They're only going to get more of a role, I think, as we go along for either of those guys there. And I'll give you a couple cheap plays here as well. Trey, what do you think about $2,656 wide receiver Kyle Loxley, given that Taylor Cornelius is out, Trey Ford is starting at quarterback. Could Loxley potentially take the short yardage plays and be worth it as a wide receiver play? Hmm, maybe this is when you start seeing the schoolyard, uh, you know, horseplay out there. You might see some trick plays that pick up some yards too, right? Involving him, you know, you got, yeah, I can see that. I, as, as somebody who is out of the playoffs now, I'm kind of tempted to put him in there and just see what happens. <laughs> Worked for me earlier in the season on a day where he put up 20 points uh, because he got catches and some rushing touchdowns, but uh, we'll see there. Uh, but uh, a couple other guys, that the very cheap price here. Uh, the big one for me, or I guess one more guy, is Alexander Hollins of the BC Lions. If you're expecting a big day from BC against the Elks and you don't want to spend up on Dominic Rimes or, or somebody like that, Hollins is still going to be in a starting spot with Burnham with Whitehead out. He's $2,500. He's averaged 8.8 .8 points in the last two games he's played, and he's got touchdown upside. He can get a volume of catches, I think, in that game as well if they throw the ball more and Vernon Adams lets loose. And a pretty low-risk, high-reward play there, I think, for Alexander Hollins. 
Same thing if you don't want to spend on Justin Hardy, you could go Sayosi Mariner, who started last week and put up 14.3. But Justin Hardy also isn't very expensive. So I think you should put him in your lineup. Now we get to defense. Tell us who you've got. He's not here to say I can't take him. I'm taking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And that- only only because I'm not sold on Mary. You know, he he could have a fidgety game where I'm, I'm not saying Saskatchewan's going to win, but they could get a pick or two and a fumble. Does uh I can't remember. Does special teams points count on defense or no? In the not return one? yards, but return touchdowns. Okay, that's perfect because that's I'm thinking NFL fantasy for or, sure. Sorry, no Re- return touchdowns. Like kick return touchdowns don't, but fumble return touchdowns on. Special oh, okay, teams look, okay. Because yeah. I'm thinking NFL where I think special teams does count on the defensive side, but. Mm. That's fine. Anyway, still, I'll take Saskatchewan. Adam's not here to tell me no, and what doesn't, what he doesn't know won't hurt him, right? <laughs> Fair enough. I might spend. I might honestly spend five thousand one hundred eighty-eight dollars on the Calgary Stampeders defense this week. That is a big play defense that continues to make them nonstop, and we see it quite often that they get that defensive touchdown in there. They're facing Mason Fine, quarterback has maybe made one or two starts here and there, facing a shaky offensive line. Like, the matchup's there for them, and there's a reason they're expensive, because they've been good, they've delivered a lot of points, and the matchup's good. So if I can get a couple of those cheaper receivers, get Jackson Bennett in my lineup, pay, you know, $7,000-ish for Vernon Adams, then I have enough money to put Calgary's defense in there, and I think I like that play there for them. Uh, BC also had two pick sixes against Drew Brown last week. Uh, yes, it was two of them, uh, as much as they want to tell us it's one, uh, originally, uh, <laughs> it was two and, uh, they play Trey Ford and the Elks and another, you know, inexperienced quarterback that I think is a, is a potential play there. So probably honestly spending Calgary or BC as, as my defensive plays this week. If you need a real money pincher, I mean, Hamilton, I think you had Hamilton in your lineup last week and uh, they put up a, a good total for you. Uh, and now they face Ottawa this week. So yeah, lots of good op- options at defense. If you want to spend high, you want to spend low. I think there's potential to get some points there this week on the defensive side. Want to, want to hear a fantasy hockey tip that you should go for? Do you need a goalie, Ryan? Sure. Eric Comrie. He's been picking me up some solid points. And unfortunately, he's been on my bench because I didn't realize he was the starter. Oh, no. So I was just looking at my fantasy. I was like, I had Comrie in tonight because he's my only goalie playing for once. I just put him in there thinking he'd be the backup. No, he's picking me up solid points. And I realized he's been doing it for a week now. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my little Is Eric Comrie still with the Jets or is he? No, he's with the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, yeah, I was trying to figure out uh, how that uh, how that worked out, uh, but that makes sense. Uh, he had three days left to be considered a restricted, or three games yet to start, and then he would have been a restricted free agent, but because he didn't play the minimal amount of games, he went to uh, unrestricted free agency. I see. Or something like that, and then, yeah. Well, let's move on to our picks against the spread powered by BetStamp. BetStamp's a free app that helps you find the best odds for your online sports betting wagers. They provide you comparisons of the odds across a variety of different sports books, including the BetStamp best recommended odds, which is what we'll be using for our picks here right away. You can learn more at BetStamp.app and sign up with referral code CFC to let them know we sent you. 
Uh, let me put the odds up here for us to take a look at. They're scary on Friday. And take it away, Trey. They're scary. That the Halloween's coming early, Matt. I don't like these. Uh, BC minus seven at Cool Bet. Edmonton plus seven and a half. Because I could see this being one of either either extreme where Edmonton might find a stupid way to win it, or BC's gonna absolutely take them to the cleaners, right? So I think I'm gonna lean BC minus seven. I know you don't like the big spreads, Ryan, but let's see. Let's see, man. You you gotta try to catch me in our standings. So let's see what you take. Well, I'm not going to be able to catch you on this game because uh, we won't need Adam to chime in later with the tiebreaker because I'm going with BC minus seven here as well. Uh, This is one where, honestly, I'd probably, given their track record, take an even larger spread on on this game. Uh, Edmonton doesn't win at home. They don't come close against BC in the past two years. I don't know what it is about those games. I mean, some of it is the Nathan Rourke factor. I'll give you that. Uh, but I've got a pretty good feeling about a BC team that uh, can win this week and lock down that home playoff game they need uh, against the Elks here. So uh, I think minus seven is is pretty reasonable for BC. I like an even line like that too, right? Where it's basically win by a touchdown and a convert. I mean, I feel like I'll probably get screwed over by the convert, but... Yeah, it CFL's tough with the Rouge Man. That's my mentality in NFL more like you like those threes or sevens, but CFL and that Rouge is what freaks me out a little bit. But we'll take BC. Um let me just pull up the I think we skipped the actual. Yeah, you, I was I was gonna say something, but that's fine because this one's another big one here. I, I'm going to have to stick with the same. I'm going to take Hamilton minus six and a half uh, available on cool bet. Ottawa plus six and a half scares me a little bit. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. Ooh, this one, this one's my, I think the hardest one of the week for me. Um, you know, Ottawa's on the road. They've, they play better on the road. Bob Dice has inspired them a little bit. Um I think this one's a little more of a toss-up, and I could see it being like a close Hamilton victory by by maybe like three points in this one. So yeah, I'm inclined to take Ottawa at plus six and a half here. I like it. I like it because I want you to try to catch me. We can't do the same picks all uh, the remainder here, Ryan. You know, you got to go out on the limb here. But every time I do that, I mess up, so... <laughs> Uh, that's so how do we how do we break the tie on this one? I guess we'll we'll we'll, we'll get Adam to chime. We'll in have to later. see what Adam says. Yeah, we'll get Adam to chime in, and then you'll have to go to betstamp.app/u/cfcountdownpod to find out what we lock in as our consensus picks of the week, because it will depend on uh, where Adam goes on this game. For sure, for sure, for sure. On to Saturday's games. Ah. Uh. <laughs> See, I hate I started to hate these ones because even though the spread's closer, I could see either one of these teams winning, you know? And like so I, and it's not impossible for Toronto to win by two. Uh, Montreal's at home. They get the weird shaped end zones. I'll go Montreal. Let's go, Alouettes. Uncle Gary's getting the bye. Ryan. Well, I can't decide, and it's an Argos game, so I'm gonna flip the coin to coin out here all right heads is going to be the home team the montreal alouettes tails is going to be the road team the 
Toronto Argonauts. And I think I'm taking the Montreal Alouettes. Which I, I was honestly kind of leaning that way as well. Because when it's these two-week things um, where it's a home-and-home home series, I generally am going to pick the split. So then I'm trying to decide which team I can see winning either one. Yep. And I think I like Montreal at home a little bit better. I don't know if I'd take the. I don't think I'm taking them to sweep and get that uh, East final. But for me, I think these are two evenly matched teams. Either one can step up for a big game. So if Montreal can keep the penalties down, I will give it to them at home. Awesome. And if you want a little side bet, I take the under 49 points on Cool mm-hmm. Bet. I can't see this one being a much more than a 24 20 game. So I'll t- take the under at uh, at Cool Bet. I feel like Montreal and Toronto is a matchup too that always ends in a bizarre football game. Like I feel like we've seen some crazy ones over the years. Uh, I can't recall the specifics, but I know last year they were a lot of fun. There's been some high scoring ones, some big comebacks as well. So I think we could be in for a treat with this game. Top two teams in the East division. Was it these two where one of them missed like a 20 yard kick? Just this yes, year? yes. Yeah. That was earlier this season. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So. This is a, this is one I can't wait to see in playoffs. Yes. And the finale here. Oh, where's your tissues? Because Adam's going to have issues after this one, man. Oh, man. Mm. I'm going to... Mm. I'm going to take Calgary at cool bet there at minus two and a half. I'm I'm not sold on either quarterback, but I don't even I don't even know if I've seen this fine guy throw a ball, so I guess I'll take Mayer and the Stampeders and the Outriders uh, on this one, Ryan. Yeah, I'm surprised the line's not bigger, to be honest, right? And uh, I would love to see, and I, I, I you can take a look on the Bet Stamp app as well. I don't have it on the slides we're showing here on the screen, but you can see how the lines have progressed over the course of the week. Maybe I'll try to pull them up here because uh, with all this news going on with with Saskatchewan, like I'm surprised this isn't Calgary being like a five, six point favorite here uh, when you're starting a quarterback that we know nothing about, uh, very little about. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm just pulling up the line history to take a look at here. It's been, yeah, Calgary minus three looks like uh, where it's been at times throughout today. Uh, opening line was Calgary minus one and a half. So it's opened up a little bit, uh, over time, but I think Calgary is smashing that. I think it's, uh, I think Stampeders a really good football team. They came close against, uh, the, uh, Sask- uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats last week. They're fired up looking to bounce back from that. Uh, give me the Calgary Stampeders here, uh, to take this one as well. So I guess I'll agree with you on this one. We're really just going to need Adam's uh, opinion on Montreal or no on uh, Ottawa and Hamilton. I think it was. This one, I take the over over 48. I, I think Calgary will win by three, but it could that this one, I think could uh, or two quarterbacks maybe needing to show off a little bit. you know what I mean? So take the over. All right, and those are our picks for the week. And of course, yeah, check them out on the BetStamp app and follow along all season long. We'll see uh, We'll see what we can do to finish off uh, the season here strong. Uh, anything else you want to talk about here, Trey? Or should we get into wrapping things up? Just Richard in the chat, 49ers just got Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. So if he's in your fantasy 
he might be used a little bit more. I heard there was rumors about him going. Um, I kind of I heard the Bills ran on him. I'm kind of digging the Bills this year, so I thought he would be going that way. But yeah, you know, is this a, wow? Is this actually happening? That's huge. If that's if that's the case, that is a big big trade uh, there. Uh, do they trade a lot? In, I, I'm still getting more into the NFL, of course. Do they trade a lot in the NFL before the deadline? I know it's coming up in a couple weeks. The CFL never does. I feel like I've seen a lot of talk of the same thing every year, big names. Maybe they'll trade places and then they never do. This seems like potentially a, a big one here. It is. They don't, it's not like hockey, baseball, basketball, where you got, you know, Juan Soto. And you, that doesn't happen in midseason very often. Like, I think the last guy to get traded just this year was a guy because he, uh, well, I see he refused to do, like, he was like, again, they were trading to get rid of him. You know, like, oh, I mean, yeah, like, Robbie he, Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, that's usually the trades you get mid-season, kind of stuff like that. Well, this is a big one. Looking forward to see what this means for the NFL, for NFL fantasy as well. Of course, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, great time of year for football. Uh, if you're into college football, that's all going on as well. Uh, you can catch football almost any time you want. Oh, yeah, for sure. And make sure if you are into college football, uh, check out our buddy Brandon Sanders, right? He's a uh... On uh, his podcast there. Yeah, at CFF University, yeah. I think, is his Twitter handle. Uh, he was on the show earlier on uh, in the season, talking a little bit of the college players uh, coming over to the CFL and what that means for them. And, uh, well, one of the guys he talked about, Dalton Schoen, who is now going to be the front runner for the Rookie of the Year here at the CFL. So, hey, maybe watch some college football, get into and, and get a clue of who the next big CFL star coming up uh, could potentially be. Uh, well, I think that does it here for today. So let's take a look at what's coming up on the podcast. Monday night, October 24th, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. We'll recap everything from this week uh, to have, uh, you know, hopefully some fun things to talk about with these uh, these playoff races uh, here, uh, we'll recap each of the games. We'll give our players the week, uh, do our power rankings, all of that fun stuff. And then next week, Thursday night again, uh, is our week 21 preview for the last time of the regular season. We'll take a look at the, 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 the game previews, the storylines. We'll try to make a sense of what's bound to be the mess of CFL fantasy options for week 21 and make our picks, which could end up with some interesting lines there as well. So you won't want to miss that. And I think Adam should be back next Thursday as well, hopefully. Uh, 9 p.m. Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. You can catch all these shows live. Uh, just find the Canadian Football Countdown on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Search us on all of those platforms. Also on the Game Time TV YouTube page. All thanks to presenting sponsor Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, podcasts on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. We're also on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. And uh, Trey, where can people find everything you've got going on? Yeah, real quick, we'll, we'll slide in Richard. He's been a loyal listener. Uh, great show. But who would have the best beard on this show? Well, I... You won't get beard, but I believe we all agreed to grow mustaches over Movember, right, Ryan? So, uh, yeah, that's official. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm doing in, it. 
I didn't yeah. know it was only mustaches. I don't think I've ever just grown the mustache. Oh, so. well, that's what Movember. We could do beards. That's Movember. I was just going to go full on facial hair. Yeah. Whatever. But we'll have something back. So yeah. no. we'll, we'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. But at, uh, least, at least Trey and I will. I don't know if we're getting the others on board for that, but I'll do it. Adam didn't seem too keen, um, but I think I don't know what the dirty thing Mike would grow, but I feel like it would be something. Um, but anyway, you can find me at Twitter at Trey MB Harness. I'm your annoying horse racing guy in Manitoba. Um, I'll be doing some hockey with Mike this weekend. I'm, I'm oh, getting nice. promoted camera guy. I went for, oh. so that's how bad color went. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i'll be doing that and yeah keep it uh keep it locked in everything cfl man awesome well yeah looking forward to, to more hockey content from you and mike together and uh you know cameraman uh color uh next up play-by-play host right so you're making your way around all the positions here uh and uh of course check out all the great harness racing stuff trey's got going on right now as well check out all the great things mike and adam have mike's on twitter at mike garrell uh adam's on twitter at adam stewart one i know they're both very busy with hockey stuff right now adam's doing a lot of senior hockey stuff over in saskatchewan of course uh always busy with farming as well so uh, go give those guys a follow and see what they're up to if you want to follow me on twitter you can find me at cooper trooper 42 uh Talking CFL, CFL fantasy. Uh, hey, Nathan Rourke's coming back next week, folks. My Twitter feed is about to liven up big time. That's like 80% of what I've tweeted about if over the course of the season is Nathan Rourke, because I really don't tweet a whole lot, but uh, put him in the Hall of Fame, as I say, weekly. Um, yeah, looking forward to that, of course. And uh, just looking forward to more podcasts here down the stretch uh, of the regular season. We'll get uh, into playoff previews in a week or two here as well. And then uh, recap all the craziness from the CFL playoffs right up till the end of the season here. Of course, we appreciate people who, uh, you know, really, whenever you watch this, if you join us live uh, here and chat with us in the chat, we always love that. We, of course, appreciate those who listen or watch after the fact as well. We know you can't always catch it live. Uh, and we would love if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. And on behalf of Trey and Adam and Mike, and I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.